podcast 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 Welcome back, everybody, to a special episode of the Play for Keeps podcast. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Drew Williams, at Drew on Twitter. And the champagne is flowing. <laughs> the DJ Khaled, all I do is win, is playing in the background. The cigars are lit. It's a cause for celebration. Definitely. We are, we, are, we are here. We are here. We are reporting live from Los Angeles. We are in ground zero. Yeah. <laughs> the home of the 2020 NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers. We are recording this episode as the finals have wrapped up. Game six is wrapped up with the Lakers winning the NBA finals. It definitely is the longest NBA season of all time. It lasted By far. A full a calendar year. year. Exactly. A whole year. Literally a full calendar year. We have come full circle from when the Lakers started their season in China with the the controversy around that. The Daryl Morey. The Daryl Morey controversy that put the Lakers in a tough spot. And now we're officially a full year removed from that, from the preseason to Which now. Which is funny because when you think about it, China had the one-year ban yeah. and they on lifted NBA in basketball five. and they lifted it for game five. Yeah. It had been an entire year that it had gone by. Imagine not getting to watch the NBA for a full year, and then the first game you see is that LeBron amazing 40 game. Ball. That amazing game five between and, and the Lakers Jimmy and Jimmy Butler at thirty-five point triple double. double yeah, yeah, no, nah, they were both hooping. like that's the first NBA game you see in a year. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great reintroduction to the sport, Look to the product. But um, yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a, a really really long year for the NBA, but we have finally reached the finish line. And we're going to talk about the Lakers championship, of course. We're going to talk about what this does for LeBron's legacy, Anthony Davis, everything else. But before we get into that, how do you feel about now that the season is over and we saw how the bubble went? What are your thoughts on bubble hoops and the playoffs in in this environment? Was there any pros or cons to it for you? Did you enjoy it? Did you wish that? Of course, we wish that it could have been played under normal circumstances. But do you think mm-hmm. that this is the best possible way that this could have played oh for sure i definitely think and and lebron touched on it after the game having no positive coronavirus test come up that's you know that's huge but the big thing with me and i touched on it when we did our you know very first episode when we talked about what is the bubble gonna do for like you know a lot of different teams whether they were philly great home teams great road teams like how are they going to adjust like all playing neutral? Miami games? wasn't a great road team. Yeah, Miami didn't have to go on the road, and they got to the finals by not having to go on the road. But I think the way people were trying to put an asterisk by yeah. everything, I want to put one by it, and a lot of people have touched on it, as in like, not being able to play any home game for a championship run, not being able to have your family and eat you know, and do everything Sleepy that you normally do. I really put in perspective, you know, being in the bubble for 95 days now, the Lakers. Yeah. And three full months. That's yeah. That's crazy. Just living in a hotel room, basically. Insane. And I got to give it up to the Lakers because they they definitely stayed tunnel vision and they completed the job. But you know, one thing I don't really like before I you know give you the floor. The way that former players are like trying to de 
I, I don't know. Devalue? Devalue the bubble championship? Oh, doesn't yeah. really sit right with me. Because no. it kind of, you know, falls into the whole thing with the media constantly talking about how the NBA Finals are having bad ratings. And I'm just thinking, like, why are former players and people who work in the media covering this sport doing all of this? I'm happy to, Mark Jackson. To, to defame the game and, like, not push the game and not want no. the game to grow bigger. Like, why Why are you trying to downplay that? Like, that doesn't happen in any other sport. No. I'm happy it, Mark Jackson spoke out and said that if there's an asterisk next to this ring, it's a positive one. Like, yeah. this is, like, the hard, like for all the reasons you just named, he said himself, yeah. this is probably the hardest championship won. Guys have, like, you think of a guy like LeBron. Savannah's not in the bubble with him. His kids aren't down there. He hasn't seen his family in in three months, pretty much. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler's another guy who didn't have anybody come to the bubble with uh, to see him once people were allowed to start bringing friends or family family down there. So I agree. I think this is a mentally you had to be mentally tough. KD spoke on it when he was on our pod, and he was like, he didn't know how he would be able to react going into a bubble and spending that much time yeah. basically locked away from the real world, the outside world. Nobody knows how they're going to respond in this in this situation until they're actually in that situation. It's it's, yeah. it's easy to say, oh, it's no fans there, so it's pressure free. But when you if you're locked in those those walls, those four walls, when you go in that hotel room or that suite at the end of the games or at night, and it's just you all alone, you don't have your family, you don't have anybody that you're used to seeing every day, you don't go right. through your same regular daily routine. Is you don't know how you're going to respond, you don't know how you're going to react, and so I do agree that. I'm not. I didn't play in the finals. We didn't play, so it's not my place to say if, whether it was the hardest or it wasn't the hardest, or should the ring be devalued or not. But I think that it's definitely a set of unique circumstances that we will talk about this championship for the rest of time. Yeah, it's it's unlike any championship we see in pro sports history. It's unlike yeah. anything we've ever seen. So this ring will ha- hold significance for that reason. Like I said, it's not our place to debate how important it is or the difficulty of it. We didn't play in it. If if guys on the Lakers like LeBron or Danny Green or Rondo, guys who've won championships, if they were to come out and say, yo, this is the hardest ring I've ever had to win, who are we to tell them they're wrong? Right. And if they, they say otherwise, then who are we to tell them that they're wrong? But I do think it needs to be acknowledged for the Lakers and, of course, the Heat to make it to this point. And I think you hit on the head. Like, not having home court advantage for a team like the Lakers, cl- clearly it didn't hurt them they end up winning the championship but it's something you play for you play for the whole season the lakers before the stoppage of play in march were on pace to win 63 games they still got the one seed in the west but you basically weren't rewarded for it at all nope you did not i mean you you get a quote-unquote favorable you know path to the yeah that same path is gonna be there for you but you know in the west it doesn't really matter you're gonna be playing like a tough team every year you know portland wasn't no cakewalk no there was no real advantage for the teams that were the top seeds. If anything, yeah. it kind of felt like like teams like Miami, you got house money pretty much. Yeah. There's no, we don't have a home we don't have home games, but we were going to have we weren't going to have home court advantage anyway. Right. Now we're just playing on a neutral site. We don't have to worry about going on the road playing in a hostile environment or anything yeah. like that. And so it's interesting that you saw two teams from both ends of the spectrum make it to the final round. The Lakers being the top seed in the Western Conference, and then you had a team that was the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference clash in the finals. I think it just shows these circumstances, prov- they provided a high level of variance yeah. for the outcome. Definitely. 
I want to touch before we go deeper into this Lakers championship. I do want to say that even though there weren't any crowds for these games and it it wasn't the regular circumstances for the NBA playoffs, I really enjoyed these playoffs. I think we got yeah. a bunch of great series. Clippers Mavericks was a great series for round one. Um, of course, you got another historic series with the um, you got a historic series in the first round between the Nuggets and the the, the Jazz, Jazz. a three one comeback. Then in the second round, Clippers Jazz. I mean not Clippers Jazz, Clippers Nuggets. Another historic three one comeback from the Nuggets. Yeah. Great second round series. Um, multiple out, 50, well, 50 point games yeah, in there. Multiple yeah. fifty point games from Donovan Mitchell and uh, Jamal Murray. Right. Then of course you go out east. Seeing the Bucks get upset, just that was one of the crazier moments of the playoffs, and, Bro, and seeing, the fashion they got upset in. Them, you know, doing the boycott, just everything that just too. leading up. Like we've had, when you tell the the story of the NBA, the bubble is gonna have a like the thirty for thirty. Yeah, that we're gonna get on the bubble. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy, and uh, yeah. So like, just all of this stuff played a role in this NBA playoffs. I think this is gonna be one of the more memorable NBA playoffs of my life so far. And I think that the way that it ended was really strong. Like you touched on earlier, people complained about the ratings or they were using, they were nitpicking the ratings. You can't really talk about the ratings for this for this NBA Finals because or playoffs. It's unlike any circumstance we've ever been in. You had the NBA playoffs going on at the same time as the start of NFL season. Yeah. You had it going on at the same time the MLB playoffs are on right now. And a presidential and there's election. There's a presidential election. There's never been the the playoffs and the finals in particular have never happened when presidential debates are going on or the election is is right around the corner. We are playing basketball in October and September right now. This has never happened. You have to throw ratings out of the window, and that's not even taking into account streaming and illegal I mean every porn sport streams and everything every sport you know they're rating down. down exactly the core cutting illegal streaming everything across the board and I'm not going to use ratings to downplay these NBA finals when I think honestly after game 2 we got a really competitive series of course games tonight's closeout game game 6 was a blowout early and it ended up being a blowout all the way through but games 3 4 and 5 of this series you couldn't ask for more I don't think Game three, you got Jimmy Butler recording a 40-point triple-double to pull out a close win against the Lakers. Right. Then in game four, you saw – not game four, game – yeah, game four. In game four, you saw it was a close game all the way down the wire. Anthony Davis pretty much takes over defensively in the second half while LeBron takes over offensively. And they need every bit of both of their performance to beat the Miami Heat in game four. And then in game yeah. five, like we just discussed it earlier, LeBron – historically is one of the greatest closeout performers of all time and he probably gave one of his greatest closeout performances ever and the heat were still able to withstand it because jimmy butler records another 35 point triple double with duncan robinson scoring 24 points made seven three-pointers and that's with anthony davis scoring 28 as well so you got a crazy game in games three four and five of this series before he got to game six. So the ratings might not be there. Who cares? I think that the, we got this finals that it might not have been what everybody expected it to be, but it was a fulfilling NBA finals. I mean, of course, it's even more fulfilling if you're a Lakers fan, yeah. but you got a competitive series. Anytime you can get a series in the championship round to go at least six games, I think that's a win. Yeah. I think that's a win. I mean, we, we got, you know, six games last year with Toronto. And was, I, was, I thought it was a really good series. And before that, we had gotten a four and a five game series. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what people are complaining about. Like, it, like I'm not going to use ratings to try to downplay the product that we got in these finals. Salute to the Miami Heat because they lost their starting point guard in game one and their starting center in game one who didn't come back until game 
Bam came back game four, right? Yeah. Yeah, so game four. They were able to make this a six-game series without even being 100%. You got to see a guy like Jimmy Butler, who my respect for his game went up tenfold after this, yeah. after this finals. Like, I'm not – I was never a huge Jimmy Butler fan. I respected his game. I recognized him as a top – I thought he was like a top 20-ish guy before yeah. this finals. Well, before this even playoff run. And for him to, like, take this team, like, galvanize them, be basically their their leader. And one, he was – He's their best player for the for from basically start to finish the playoffs, and for him to take them to a finals, you don't see, you would you wouldn't expect that from a guy like Jimmy unless you yeah. are Jimmy and those guys that are in that locker room with him, and so for him to now gain that national respect from the average fan or a person who might not necessarily been that high on him, his his profile is elevated. So like I said, salute to him. I thought we got a great NBA playoffs this year. I thought the bubble went as good as it could possibly go. Um, and salute to the Lakers for winning the championship. Now we can dive all the way into this Lakers season, this title, everything. So like I said, it started a year ago this time. And if you want to go back even further, it really started in July of 2019, the moment that the Anthony Davis trade went through. Man, I... It's so funny that that happened. We were both at the, we Drew, at the League, Drew League. Lonzo Ball Lonzo was there. Lonzo Ball was at the Drew League to watch LaMelo play. I remember. LeVar was there. Yep, LeVar was in the building too. And we got everybody in the whole gym got the news. That they announced the it on. Time. Remember, we, we saw, I saw it on my phone. I showed you. I was like, yo, the AD trade just went down. Yeah. And then you could see the buzz going on through the gym. Like everybody was looking at their phone at the same time, realizing, oh shit, like. Yeah, it's really and then we look over at Leangelo yeah, and, and, and Lonzo over there. They announce it on the, on and, the PA on system. The PA and then they leave. <laughs> yeah, they, they walked out the gym. Like, of course, LaMelo had to play. But it was like a shocking moment. It was crazy. It was really surreal to actually. I didn't think the deal was going to fall through. But, I mean, man. Once the Lakers got the number four pick, I felt pretty confident about it. Yeah. Especially because now you had. They yeah. really wanted Ingram. David Griffin was high on Ingram. You knew they were going to want Lonzo. All right. And that number four pick. After that, it was a matter of they want Kuzma, they want Josh Hart. Pitch, what, how many what picks do they wants. want? Exactly. Like, All that. But yeah. the, the main ingredients for that trade have fallen into place the moment the Lakers landed the number four pick in the 2019 NBA draft. Um, so, so that was actually June. That was June, not July. That was in June when that trade went through. It, went, it happened right after the finals because the NBA draft is you in June. You are right. So it was in June when that when that trade happened. Excuse me for mistaking the timeline, but that was the moment that the Lakers' clock started ticking for them to bec- like build a true contender. And of course, we had the Kawhi saga with free agency. The Lakers missed out on Kawhi. He chose to go to the Clippers. You heard for the majority of the offseason after that happened that the Lakers put this ragtag team together around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They weren't going to be able to compete with the Clippers. They weren't necessarily they just had too many question marks dwight howard what did he have left in the tank rajon rondo what, what did, did he have left bradley every bradley was looking like he was on a decline after his best years in boston um could kcp be a legitimate content a legitimate contributor on a contending championship team yeah uh where was kyle kuzma's role gonna go from here JaVale McGee. It was just a lot of questions Bro, about DeMarcus these guys. Cousins. DeMarcus before, Cousins. Yeah, before he got hurt. That's why Dwight got signed. Yeah. When he got hurt, when he tore his ACL in the summer, Dwight Howard got signed after the fact. Yeah. And so there were just a lot of questions going into the season. And then, of course, losing the opening night to the Clippers. Everybody just, Over-reacts. the noise got louder. And but Christmas Day as well. The Christmas Day loss as well. Before we even got to Christmas, like, 
The Lakers start off the season 21 and 4. Yeah. That's a dominant start to the season. Yeah. And if we want to be 100% honest, they basically, from start to finish, were the top team in the Western Conference. Even with the loss to the Clippers on Christmas and opening night, they still maintain their stop, their spot atop the Western Conference. Throughout. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, they were, you know, ahead by three or four games after at the, minimum. After the third week of the season, after everybody got in about 12 games of play, it was never really close in the standings. Yeah, like, they, they were always three or four games at minimum ahead of whoever... Whether Denver, I remember Clippers yeah. came up and took it. They but. were basically two, three. They were basically two and three, the whole season behind the Lakers. The Lakers season, they were dominant for the most part throughout the whole season. I really believe they flipped the switch or they went to another level right before the stoppage of play. That weekend when they played the Clippers, the Bucks, in when they beat the Bucks on that Friday night on ESPN, and then they played the Clippers on the Sunday matinee on ABC, and they won both of those games. If you were a Lakers fan or anybody following the league and you believed that the Lakers had a contending team, but you were still a little skeptical because they had lost to the Bucks earlier in the season and then they had lost to the Clippers twice already, that was the weekend where if you had any doubts about them, they probably got silenced. And if you had already had a, a high level of belief in them, it, your belief went to another level. Yeah. And so it was incredible to witness a team that – People, and we we both remember, we were here when the Kawhi news happened, when the bombshell happened. Um, we were here also when all of the free agents started getting signed. Like, immediately after the Kawhi signing got announced, you start seeing the Danny Green deal. Yeah. Um, all of these other guys, Quinn Cook KCP signing. Re-up. KCP re-upping. All of these different deals. And so, I remember we were here, and we were, of course, rocked by the Kawhi announcement, but... I felt really good about the team that they had put together for the most part when yeah. when everything had fallen into place. I was like, look, it's going to come down to these guys making shots. You know what you're going to get out of LeBron James. You know what you're going to get out of Anthony Davis. Danny Green can make shots. KCP can make shots. Kyle Kuzma can make shots. Alice Caruso, these guys that will be dependent on. And then if, if Dwight, JaVale, they could just provide stout interior defense next to Anthony Davis. This team has a chance to be really good. Yeah. And all of that ended up happening for them. Like, the Lakers, they weren't world beaters from three-point range, but they just needed to make enough. You got to hit the right ones at the big shot. They didn't lose a playoff game this year where they they lost one. Their first playoff loss where they shot 30% from three was, I believe, their first two, actually. I think they lost both games in this finals. They shot 30% from three in games three and game five. And they still lost both games. But before mm-hmm. that, they were 12-0 and in the playoffs. Well, 14-0 after the first two games of the finals. When they just shot at least 30% from three. So the right. floor was low for them. Just as long as you guys make... You don't even have to make league average. Yeah. Just don't be terrible. And the talent level of LeBron and Anthony Davis could carry you the rest of the way. Um, so it was interesting to see a team that was had this mean question marks, quote-unquote. Were on pace to win 63 games before the season stopped. And we're, they were the front runners in the Western Conference all season. Were you surprised at all at how, for lack of a better word, how easily they ran through the Western Conference playoffs after the bubble started back up? Or was it part of the course based off of what we had seen throughout the regular season? It's kind of hard to say. I had picked, obviously, Portland, the Portland series. Before Dame got hurt, I had that going six games. Yeah. And I had Houston going six games. Yeah. I never had any doubt that they were going to win the series. I didn't think they can go seven. Yeah. But 
five or six probably, you know, when you think about it, it was probably, you know, the yeah. right pick. So, like, them them doing five just, just showed, you know, even without Avery Bradley, they were the real deal. And I think that kind of – I don't think you have to legitimize the run, but, like, they ran through the West. And people for years said LeBron couldn't play in the West. And this team – couldn't beat the Clippers, and they couldn't, you know, make it work with two guys and no real true third option. You know, KCP being the third option on a lot of nights, Kuzma being the third option. They didn't believe in that. Yeah. And the fact that the Lakers ran through everything just shows, you know, they were really the best team all year. Yeah, they were the best team. And it's funny, everybody was saying that they – even when after the Lakers had run through the Western Conference their regular season – even when they had run through the first two rounds of the playoffs, there were still people saying before the Clippers got eliminated by the Nuggets, they, they aren't going to beat the Clippers. The Clippers are still the best team in the Western Conference and everything like that. And then the Clippers don't even get to the Western Conference Finals to play them. Nasty. Like, we don't even see the matchup. It just shows, like, I don't know how NBA media, TV, everything goes about. Like, I don't know if there has to if people have to play a role. Or if we need somebody to be on the opposite side of a debate or anything. <laughs> like, but it's just crazy for me to see how all of these people were wrong. And it's not just that they were wrong. It was how dismissive they were of this Lakers no, roster. They no, were, they were definitely, like, walking around, like, pompous. Like, if, you, if you're not, like, picking the Clippers, like, what are you looking at? Like, and, and you look at guys like, you know, Colin Cowherd and all of them. They were like... This Lakers team just doesn't have enough. Like I'm, they were like dismissive to the point of like LeBron and AD with these guys. That ain't enough. Like almost looking at LeBron and AD, like you guys can't win in this field. And I told people all year, I'm like, I'm not telling y'all this Lakers team is the best team ever. No, but they can win in this field. There's no big no three. K, there's no KD Warriors. No. There's not even. A KD-less Warriors team. Like, all these teams Have are very flawed. Yeah. And I'm like, the Lakers, they're flawed too. But I think their flaws are a little bit more maskable when you have LeBron and AD. Yeah, their ceiling was as high as anybody's. And when you have two guys like that, your flaws can be covered up. Right. And I agree. In this particular field, there were no KD Warriors. I don't think there was another team out there that was as good as the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. Or a team that was as good as the 2014 Spurs. Yeah. Or, the, 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 of course, the big three heat. So, when you looked at the field, there were a bunch of teams that had dynamic duos. You had the Lakers, of course. You had the Clippers, of course. Yeah. You had the Houston Rockets with Harden and Westbrook. We eventually came to find out that the Nuggets fell into that category with uh, Murray, and Jokic. Murray and Jokic. And then out east, you had Giannis and um, Chris Middleton. Right. And then beh- beside them... We didn't – nobody knew coming into the season – like, I had picked Bam out of bio to be the most improved player. I would be lying to you if I said I thought that that team would be a legitimate contender, even with Jimmy Butler. I thought they were a playoff team. They actually fell where I thought they would fall, fifth in the East. Yeah. But nobody knew that they were going to be a contender. Who else in the East did – we hadn't seen Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown play a full season of ball as the number one and number two options on their team. Right. We had seen it for a postseason. That's not a, that's not a large sample size. Mm-hmm. So you can think that it's going to go well. You have to see it, though. So, like you said, this field was not – there was no overwhelming favorite to where you would look at this team and be like, oh, they just have no chance. Right. And that's what I didn't understand about the media going into this season was the kind of dismissal. I mean, I, I really felt like there was 
a inherent bias to like not take the Lakers seriously. Like right when the when the LeBron trade talk started happening, there was like a shift in the media. What do you mean LeBron trade talks? Like the AD the AD oh, trade. Yeah, the AD talk. yeah, of course. And like there was a, a giant shift and everybody just started saying LeBron is here only to shoot movies. For the movies before that, but like they legit were telling them AD like they were trying to downplay AD yeah. to the point of like they gave up too much. Like you got to give the the Pelicans credit. They they got a lion's share for AD. They got a whole lot. That's what it cost to get. And and then somebody of his caliber. When the Clippers trade for Paul George, it's like this is the price you pay when you want to get superstars and and contend for a championship. The, the tone of the conversation was just completely different. Yeah, and and I just never got it. I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, LeBron not giving people access anymore. It, it could be, a, you know, Who a bunch of things. But I just wonder how these people double back when their entire basketball credibility is like the Lakers have no shot. I understand LeBron got hurt last year. He missed the – and that's why they missed the playoffs. Let's be clear. Not just LeBron getting hurt. Ingram got blood clots. Lonzo Ball got injured. Everybody was injured for the Lakers last season, so and and LeBron. So when we talk about why they missed the playoffs last year in his first year in the West, I get it's funny to make the jokes and everything and no, laugh. People ran with it, bro. but I know, and people ran with it, but people were being intellectually dishonest, or they were just saying whatever just to get jokes off. It was funny until the moment LeBron was able to get somebody like Anthony Davis. LeBron and the Lakers were able to get somebody like Anthony Davis to come and join them. And now at that point, like you said, people were like, "Who wants to play with LeBron? Nobody exactly. wants to play Nobody with LeBron." Nobody want to come to LA. And and the, I'm glad you brought it up. People were not being honest about honest it. about you know their their reflection on why LeBron didn't make the playoffs and everything. People really ran off and ignored. Like this man has been LeBron for 17 years, and they yeah. ignored 15 years of of playoff 16. data. Yeah, 15 years of playoff data. Like him making it every year. After that second year, and, and, and people are just, you know, ignoring everything and thinking him and AD just weren't going to make it work. And I, I just never got that. And even even if you didn't think they were going to win and you thought the Clippers were truly the better team, yeah, I feel like Lakers fans never wrote off the Clippers as legit contenders no. the way the media tried to write off the Lakers. And my thing with the, late, with the AD thing as well is if you look at LeBron's so AD now he, his three best teammates are Dwayne Wade, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis. LeBron, LeBron's yeah, three his three best, best teammates: yeah. Dwayne Wade, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis. When yeah. you look at it, AD is a much he's the best fit, but well, better fit than Dwayne Wade for sure. They were just so good, and they developed the chemistry together after a year or so that they were just a dominant team altogether. And because of those two, but Anthony Davis is a much better fit next to LeBron, a much more seamless fit. Right. Especially as a big, a, a rolling big who can finish around the basket at a high level, pick and pop, can space the floor out to the three, can create his own shot. Like, it's a much more seamless fit than putting him next to a shooting guard like Dwayne Wade, who's not a great floor spacer. They both, and LeBron's not a great floor spacer himself. He can shoot, but you wouldn't call him, a, he's not Kevin Durant or even Kawhi Leonard from three. Right. So, it just makes more sense. I think AD was probably the best fit out of any of his teammates. Kyrie Irving ended up proving himself to be a, a great fit, especially in the playoffs when you can have a guy who can just go get a bucket in the half court the way Kyrie Irving can. 
But I think for like an 82-game season and, and after he just proved it as well this postseason, I don't think there's a better fit you could put next to LeBron. And we both thought this when the trade went through. We were high on the trade immediately. And most sensible Lakers fans were as well. There were, of course, some skeptics. And I think it's fair to be skeptical, especially when they, the media was making it out to be that Anthony Davis was this injury-prone player who just is he can't play? win. He can't win, and is he going to play a whole season? If you hadn't pl- paid much attention to him in New Orleans, I can understand, I can understand the skepticism. But most reasonable people that I followed on social media or that I talked to in real life knew the moment that that trade went through, this team was going to be hard to deal with. Um, so, yeah, that was just the weirdest thing to me is just how this team was written off by a lot of the public and people who get paid to cover the sport. Like, it just never made sense to me. And now we've reached the full circle moment where they are hoisting the trophy. And LeBron James is the finals MVP. Like you said, people ignored all the data to think that this this wouldn't be possible because of one season in L.A. where he got injured and missed the playoffs. Like, it just never made sense. Yeah, I mean, like, LeBron never got hurt. And the minute he got hurt, LeBron became old and injury prone. It's like people just were re- ready to write him off. I, and I, I can't remember who, but there was a tweet. You actually saw it. Which one? People are talking about LeBron, you know, being old in his 30s now. Oh, yeah. And LeBron is 35. You talking about Urkel? Oh, yeah. You talking about Urkel? Yeah. Urkel, when Urkel's tweet where he was like, LeBron is 30 years old. This fucking won't last much longer. Yeah. And here we are five Five years years later. later, 35. Technically six. Finals MVP averaged 30, 12, and 9 for the finals. Shot 60% from the floor. Yeah. And shot 42% from three. (laughs) Like, if you just look at it from a statistical standpoint, this on paper looks like you can make an argument this might be the best finals he's played. Yeah. Just on just on paper. Now I don't think this is his best. It's not better than 2016. I don't think it's better than 2016 or at 2013. All. Really, after he turned it on for that second half. 2013, after game games four through seven of 2013, he was dominant. Yeah, he was dominant. But I mean, games three through seven, he was dominant against the, the Warriors. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and if you want to really get technical, his statistically, if you, this isn't the best, you could say 2017 was the best. Yeah, where he averaged a thirty-three point triple double. Degree of difficulty, yeah. but it's just incredible to witness this. And his, I know it's been beaten to a, to the ground, but a guy in his seventeenth year, and we've clearly seen the athleticism has diminished somewhat. He does not have the same first step that he used to have. That is for sure not there. Yeah. He still can get up. He doesn't get up as high as he used to, but he can still get up, especially when he has a head of steam going to the basket. But just seeing. This is kind of like the Le, the LeBron's. This is LeBron's version of ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight Jordan to an extent. Like yeah. the athleticism isn't quite the same as it was where you were just the world's greatest athlete. He picking the spots, but you're so. picking your spots better. The jump shot is more refined. You stretching it out to the three point line yeah. now. Your weight. You are already cerebral, but you're just way more smarter than your opponent. You're three steps ahead of everybody else on the floor. It's yeah. just wild to see. A guy with this much mileage on his on his basketball yeah. career, when you factor in, like you said, 17 years in the league, Olympic basketball, all of the deep playoff runs. This is his 10th NBA Finals. Yeah. So in the modern era, to go to 10 Finals, yeah. like that doesn't even 
that shouldn't be possible to go to 10 finals. And, like, it's, it's not like you're going to 10 finals with one team. No. Or like, you have, like, prime Shaq with you and, like, or, or, or you're just with a great, one great coach. He's taken five different coaches to the finals. Yeah, Mike Brown, Eric Spolstra, David Blatt, Ty Lue, and now Frank Vogel. Five different coaches to 10 finals. Well, what's crazy was after the game on SportsCenter, they were showing Vogel talking to, like, they had him mic'd up, and he was talking to different Lakers players. And when he went up to LeBron, they embraced and everything. And he said, I love you, LeBron. I told him I love you, everything. And LeBron said, I told you I was going to get you. I told you I was going to get you one. <laughs> I told you I was going to get you one. And that's crazy to think a player telling a coach that. Like, I'm going to break through for you. Yeah, I'm going to get you one. And that's, like, wild to think about. But that's the point that we're at in LeBron James' career. He's taken three different franchises. We talked about this on RSPN. Shout out to Mark. Shout out to Jeff. We talked about on RSPN. He's taken three different types of franchises to the finals. The Cavaliers, he took them to their first ever NBA finals, won them their first chip. This is one of the worst franchises in the league, historically, probably, before that championship. They had they had good years in the in the eighties and the nineties, of course, late eighties, early nineties. And then, of course, LeBron's run there before he went to Miami was as good as it had gotten for them as a franchise. And then he came back and won them a chip. Then you think of the Miami Heat. They had a championship before LeBron came. And they were a really good team. They were a new franchise. He goes there. He wins two. Takes them to four. They are clearly a top ten franchise in the NBA now for sure. They are one of the ten best franchises in the league. And you could probably make an argument for higher than – I'm just saying ten. But after the Lakers, the Celtics – Probably the Detroit Pistons and Philly, Philly, and then the Chicago Bulls. The Heat are probably Spurs. in the Spurs. The Heat are probably in seventh or eighth spot. They're they're in that range. I mean, not many teams have three finals. No, three exactly. So there's that, and then now he's won one with arguably the most prestigious franchise in the league. Amen. Exactly. So it's crazy to think he's he he's basically proven he can win in any type of environment. Yeah. He's, he's proven that at this point. And so you just read the, the numbers off of his finals averages. We talked about this is his uh, fourth championship, three different franchises, five different coaches have gone to the finals with him. This is his fourth finals MVP, moving him solely into second place behind Michael Jordan for finals MVPs. Right. I mean, not, not to go back too far, but I'm looking at the bubble stats that LeBron was putting up. Oh, yeah. They're ridiculous. And... Before they they uh, locked into the playoffs, we have one thirty point game, the, the Pacers game. Other than that, that was just in the seeding play. Yeah, the seeding play. We have the most pedestrian number. Then we have people literally two months ago writing this team off as yeah. in like they they lost the, their streak. They they were peaking, yeah. and they they took all that time off. There were people saying that they get old over the break. Yeah, they 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 lost all their. They couldn't hit a three. The Lakers literally could not hit a jumper all sheet, sheeting play. And to, to come full circle to them having to only be able to shoot 30% and you can win. It's, it's crazy. And so, like you said, we, they were, there were questions about them and everything. And, of course, and to be more specific, there were questions about LeBron because, like you said, he only had one 30-point game in their eight seeding games. No. There are people asking if he got old. And now that we look at this – this run now and it's over with like i said four times final mvp moves him solely in a second place all the time uh 10 finals appearances four rings won a championship three different franchises only player in nba history to win a finals mvp with three different franchises i know we're t- the the jordan lebron debate 
it's tired. It's I feel like most people, there's not much that can change your opinion, whether if you already thought LeBron was the GOAT, this is just going to enhance it. And if you think Jordan is the GOAT, there's really probably no way that this was going to change their minds, the staunchest Jordan supporters. Where do you think this places LeBron historic, in a historical context at this point? Because he was clearly a top three, four player all time before this championship yeah. at worst. Where do you does it? How much higher does he move up for you? Does he move up at all? And you know, I agree. People that are planting their flag, they're probably not moved by this ring. But I personally think this LeBron championships put it puts him and Jordan really in their own class. Yeah. Because I feel like even with the three that LeBron had, I felt like he was. It's it's a lot of people that didn't think he was in Jordan's class with only three. Yeah. And they thought he's probably in that that Kobe Kareem, like Magic. We're, we're the ne- yeah we're the next guys up now. A lot of, he may be better than those players, or yeah. they may be better than him. But it was really hard to to edge him ahead of them. And I feel like a fourth ring, third franchise, you know, more Finals MVPs than all of those guys. Yeah. It's kind of hard to have them over him now. So I think if he's not number one. If he's not number two, I think we have a 1A, 1B type of thing with him and Jordan right now. And obviously, you know, it's hard for us to look at it differently because we've literally watched every year. Yeah, we've lived through through LeBron's Through LeBron, and, like, I obviously have seen the vast majority of Michael Jordan's games and all of that through through tape and everything, but, you know, it's a little bit different. And you're from Chicago and everything. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of Jordan, but... I agree with you. I think I'm. I've kind of moved past the the point of debating LeBron Jordan. Yeah, everybody I don't knows. Really like it either. Everybody knows I'm a huge LeBron fan. He's been my favorite player for as long as I can remember at this point. But whether you think he surpassed Jordan or not, the fact that this kid came out of high school and that was the expectation for him, he was the next Jordan. He yeah. was the chosen one. He was going to be the guy who surpassed him. The fact that he even was able to make it a legitimate conversation, I think he won at that point. Like, it was always going to be hard to surpass Jordan. It was, the bar, it was, it's, it, it seems unattainable. Even if he didn't hurdle over it completely, the fact that he reached it and it was within arm's reach for him pretty much, like, that says enough about his career and what he's been able to accomplish. Like, it's like 10 finals appearance, like you said, in the modern era with yeah. free agency, with, Team, guys don't stay with one franchise. No territorial picks. Exactly. Like, like, the fact that that's even possible is insane to me. And, like, he has four rings now. Four finals MVPs, four regular season MVP awards. It's just crazy to think about this guy and his career in his totality. And the fact that he honestly might not be finished. Yeah. Anthony Davis is just entering his prime, if, we, if we're being technical, if we want to be honest. What is he, 27 years old? Yeah. He's right in the middle of his prime now. The Lakers are set up to be a contender again next year. I think that they probably will need to make a few moves this offseason to definitely have a chance to com- to win a championship again next year. With LeBron and AD, you are going to have a chance. Right. But I think if they want to, le- to maximize their chances at repeating, they will probably need to make a few moves. And they, they have the capital and the flexibility to improve their roster. We can look ahead a little bit. How do you feel about them going into next season? I know this season just ended, but 
looking at the landscape as is right now of course we're getting steph curry and clay thompson back next year we're getting kevin durant back with the brooklyn nets next year with kyrie irving how do you feel about their chances going forward like we touched on earlier this being the longest nba year i really just think that puts a lot into perspective on number one when they're going to start up next year we have year. no idea we have no idea started. when whether it's going to be in january new year's day christmas day march february like they're going to need a legitimate off season and if they want to get fans in like if they want to do the traveling like they need to figure out how they're going to do this but i think next year is going to be 10 times more difficult of a field than this year with you think 10 times more well not necessarily but i just think it's going to be a lot more i think the field is a lot more competitive you know you have katie and Kyrie coming back and obviously steph and clay with the warriors yep and katie obviously is somebody that can match up with Bron, so that's another guy. If he's 100% health, back to the same guy, or even close to the same guy that he was before the Achilles tear, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, the Clippers obviously getting rid of Doc Rivers. They are hell-bent on putting a team together. I think they're going to retool and be back next year. I'm not as worried about them after this year. No, I, I, they have to show me, honestly. Like, this whole season, they were the talk of this entire season. And for them to go out the way they did, not just to lose in the second round, to yeah. melt down. And it leads to you firing your coach. The winningest coach in your franchise's history. Yeah. Like, they, I just, I don't have any stock. And, of course, they're going to be really good. And they they probably are going to be contenders again. But I just can't see. I need, They have to, at this point with the Clippers franchise, you have to show me you can get to a Western Conference Finals before I can even start taking Yeah, but, I mean, there's just... A lump sum, you know. Denver, I, I can see really them. Good. They're gonna be really good. You know, Porter coming back another year, being actually in the in the rotation. Portland being healthy from the start of the season. Yeah, like I mean, bro, Collins. Houston, what are they gonna do? No Mike Danto. Are they gonna change their play style? Like, are, are they, they gonna trading anybody? Yeah, I mean, they may go. You know what? Doing this, you know, Harden, ISO centric ball. We can't win like that. We're yeah. gonna change our play style and. I just think there are a lot of different question marks out east. Tatum and Brown, if they make a leap, yeah. Boston could be that number one team. What is Giannis going to do? Because the, the Bucks are on year. the clock. Yeah, he's playing a whole if year. If they now. don't win this year, he's a free agent. He's going to be a free agent. It, it, it's so many different variables. I really think we're going to get a lot of different moves. Do the Heat make any changes? They have capital to make a, a, a big time trade for somebody yeah. like a Bradley Beal or. We just don't know. Maybe another star becomes available. And, and, and that's why I feel like it's really hard with the variables of when we're going to start and are we going to get draft tra- I feel like we're going to have a really busy offseason. Yeah, trades are going down on draft days. I, just I like think usual. The, the way people saw the Lakers just – the Lakers have been bad for – For like seven years. Yeah. And getting LeBron just like – knocked over the cards and then they get AD the next year later and right now they're the defending champions yeah. after being horrible for seven years for seven years so like literally like that it can change you can turn your franchise over and right now there are no KD Warriors here I feel like the field is difficult but if you get the right players together you can definitely come out of this yeah field. there's so no like, there's no big three as of today 
Yeah, no, there's no that could that could change. That could change between now and whenever she Brooklyn could. We don't know. Brooklyn could trade for Bradley Beal or something like that. Yeah. Or Paul. Like there have been rumors that Paul George is that Brooklyn's interested in taking him off the Clippers. Who knows what the package could be? But we just don't know. You, I think you you touched on this a couple weeks ago. We it wasn't on a pod, but we we talk about this type of stuff off air a lot of time. And you said every off season, there's just something that comes out of left field that you just aren't prepared for, bro. Like who? Paul George wasn't on the block no. at the end of the playoffs. Him or Russell Westbrook. Yeah, and who who would have thought? They literally re-upped together that yeah. year before, and then they both get traded for a bunch of picks. Yeah. Like, people just become available out of nowhere, and, and that can really shift the league. Two up. years ago, nobody – I don't think anybody saw Anthony Davis getting traded to the Lakers. Yeah. And so, this stuff happens – the NBA is so fluid. Nothing yeah. is set in stone or is guaranteed – once the season ends, going into the next season. Right. Nobody saw Kevin Durant. The signs were there, of course, but nobody really thought he was going to go to the Warriors. Right. And then he did it, and it completely changed the entire landscape of the NBA. And so, while, yes, I think that the Lakers are in great position going into next season, I think even if they didn't make a single roster change we'll right be now, a contender. they will be a contender. They will be no worse than a top-four team in the West, and they will have a, as strong a chance as anybody to get to the finals and potentially win the finals again. Yeah. But like you said, the, these things happen like that, can happen overnight. And all it takes is one trade or one star player that nobody saw being available on the trade block becoming available overnight, and yeah. everything changes. So it's hard to predict what's going to happen going into next year. But I do think that as of right now, today, with everything as is, with no free agent acquisitions happening yet or movement, before the NBA draft, I do think that the Lakers deserve to be atop the, the perch as the favorite going into next year. I agree. I mean, number one being the defending champs. Yeah. I don't anticipate anybody like, you know, Dwight could retire. I mean, maybe. Rondo in theory could retire. Yeah, but I mean, they're not going to lose any huge, major, like, unfillable players that no. can't be, you know, filled up in free agency, I think. No. And then, of course, like, you get a boost with Avery Bradley coming back next year. If that happens. If, if it happens. Then, of course, you hope that a guy like Taylor can take, can improve a little bit to become a legitimate rotation player potentially. So there are there's room for improvement on their roster from right now without them even having to trade or sign anybody. Yep. There's potential for it. But, yeah, I just think that the biggest thing with them is at this point, how do you bet against LeBron James and Anthony Davis? How do you bet against them both? Like, of course, there's going to come a day. I don't know when that oh, day is. Somebody's going to be right. I don't know when that day is. There's going to come a day where LeBron has legitimately diminished as a player. And he's not the guy. But he he spent this whole season pretty much reclaiming his throne as the best player in the world after he lost it fairly or unfairly in 2018-19 season due to injury. People said Kawhi had passed him. He was the best guy. People have said that Giannis had passed him. Yeah. People were saying all of these different guys had passed him. He spent the he spent this entire season, literally a, a Wash full King. year of Wash King. He spent a a full calendar year from October 2019 through October 2020 reclaiming his crown as the best player in the league. At this, I just don't know how I can bet against him with this against the field at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's shown if he's healthy, he can, he can go to the finals in either conference. If if he's healthy and he has a legitimate supporting cast, it, it really puts in perspective 
that Bleacher Report meme of Giannis and LeBron running on the track and Giannis reaching for the MVP for trophy. The MVP, and then LeBron just keep on running, yeah. trying to catch that goat. And, and LeBron, he definitely made a revenge statement, yeah. I feel, this year. For sure. All the people that counted him out and, you know, talked about how he came out here for movies, David Griffin telling him, not telling him, but, you know, off the record saying that he doesn't have that, that will, that killer drive and that thirst and hunger to win. And LeBron getting that so fourth place. that same animal. Same yeah. desire to win. Yeah, and and him getting that fourth ring. I, I'm happy for LeBron because I really like when greatness gets rewarded like that. Yeah. You know, like. I like to say we live through it. Like, yeah, I we mean, like. to see some shit like this. E- even if you don't win the series, like, I just like seeing greatness. Like, looking back in 2017, 2018, when he, when he had that 51 in game one. Yeah. Him not winning that game. Didn't sit right with me because I'm like, you messed up an all-time great moment. I'm happy that, that wasn't the end of his win. like finals legacy. Yeah, I'm happy he got a chance to to get back and and win another one. That would have been sick <laughs> if yeah. that was the last time he ever got back to the finals. Yeah, and that was how and, it ended. And then he brings Jr. back to win a ring. Yo, yeah, Jr. Smith is like he has yeah. to be like the best teammate in the world or something. Like to have to get called back by LeBron. Like yo, I know we. You, I know you. I mean, know you, you effed me over. Exactly, but, but I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm gonna do you a favor. Yeah, and you you were on the street basically. You didn't have a job for the whole year. Had been taken out of Cleveland's rotation. Nobody picked him up, and Jr. got to come in and got to play a couple minutes. Yeah, in the playoffs. Run. Yeah, he got run in the finals game this year. Yeah, I think it was game. Game three, he got in the game in like actual minutes, I believe. So it's like, Jr., you got to come back and you got two rings now. You've played in five NBA finals. Jr. since played in five NBA finals, all all four in Cleveland, 2015, 16, 17, and 18. And now, Jr. Smith, a five time NBA finalist, (laughs) two time champion, two time champion. That is crazy. Think about he's top five all time and made three pointers in finals history. Yeah. That's just wild to think about where his career has, where it's ended up at, from where it was. Like he rolled with the winners, bro. Roll with the winners. That's, I'm glad you said it. Clutch six it Lakers. That man career. Six Lakers on this roster are Rich Paul clients with Clutch Sports. When KCP first signed with the Lakers, Contavious Caldwell Pope, you saw Rob Palenka basically say it was a godsend. The, no, you know biblical. what? I talked about LeBron being the the original yeah. domino. That was the original domino right there. Contavious Caldwell Pope, the original domino of the Lakers dynasty. Yeah. And then he ended up being our third best player yes. this entire playoff run. You can make an argument. He's Once Avery Bradley eliminated himself, you can make an argument that he's their third best player this whole season. I thought in the regular season before the stoppage, Avery Bradley was their third best guy. Yeah, I feel like. Even throughout the year, that title of third guy really shifted. Yeah, it shifted every couple weeks. You know, Kuzma would have a really good stretch. Or, he never had or stretch Dwight would have him. a stretch. Avery Bradley had a great stretch. I do agree, Dwight and Avery Bradley. And even KCP had very good stretch. I mean, beginning of the season, Danny Green looked like he was the third best guy. Yeah, I mean, opening night, he played great against the, the Mavericks Clippers. Game the too. Mavericks game, and he hit the, the, the game to send it to overtime. Yeah. 
they definitely got, you know, a lot of good play from role players who were, you know, told they were cast-offs who were over the hill. They were the old. Aren't the Lakers the oldest team in the league? They have to be up there. I can't imagine it's anybody older than them. They have to be up there. I mean, LeBron is over 30. Well, it's it's probably easier to count the guys that's under 30 than over 30 in the team. Kuzma, Taylor, and Caruso. And AD. And and Kuzma, AD, Caruso. KCP. KCP and Avery Bradley. Those are the five guys under 30 years old. Avery Bradley's under 30? He was when the season started. Oh. He was only remember that was the thing. He was only tw- I think he was only twenty eight when the season started. Man, he he, he thirty five in NBA years. I think he's either twenty eight or twenty nine when the season first started a year ago. Everybody in the league, aged. yeah, Avery Bradley's twenty nine. Yeah, so everybody else outside of those guys is over Morris, 30. Dwight, Rondo, LeBron, Javale, Danny Green. All these guys are all in their mid. Jared Dudley, yeah, mid mid thirties. Yeah, these are all guys who played at least. 11, 12 years in the league, it seems like. Yeah. So, they are definitely, they if they weren't the oldest team, which I think they they were, they were one of the oldest. And I think they could use a bit of a youthful charge. Well, I mean, season. the Lakers have their first-round pick this year. Next they year, they're going to have the option swap. I mean, the Pelicans will have the option swap with yeah. them. But they, they'll have an opportunity to pick 20... Ninth, pick, or we do pick they the pick last? We picked last this year. Lakers will pick last since they won the championship. Okay. They had the last I'm pick thinking. First round. I'm thinking Milwaukee would pick last because they had the better record. But I forgot they they go by playoff finishing. Yeah, so yeah. So yeah, they have the 30th pick of the first round. So I'm very curious to where they go with that. Those pick swaps with the Lakers, with the Pelicans. They will they ever will they ever want to swap if if this team? No. Is it like? So how no, I'm gonna tell you what they're banking on. Anthony Davis leaving the Lakers, yeah. which I can't I don't see think happening. Happen. But if Anthony Davis were to leave the Lakers and LeBron falling off a cliff, fall off a cliff, that team will, will be picking in the lottery. Yeah, they will be picking the lottery, and that's what the Pelicans have to be hoping for within the next what four seasons, four or five seasons is what it will yeah. be like. I mean, all in all, I, I obviously am, am not Rich Paul, but I think Anthony Davis will probably sign a one-plus-one this summer. Yeah, I think he'll definitely be back next year, at least next year. He'll do a one-plus-one. I, I don't think he'll sign a maximum extension, but with the salary cap possibly going down, I who knows, who knows at this yeah, point. Who knows? You know? It's just crazy. That Anthony Davis deal, has it's 100% worth it already. They could they could be trash. I mean, going to the finals. Yeah, it made it worth it. Made it, it worth it. Winning but I mean, the Lakers, you can't really, you know, celebrate just celebrate going, going to the finals, but I don't I don't know if that Lonzo and Ingram and Josh Hart group with LeBron, I don't know if I can, you know, without doubt say they would have made the finals. No, it's too tricky. And especially with how they they played in the bubble this year. Oh my god. And just this whole season like they were Really up and down, like some, some like young guys, yeah. and twenty-two year olds. They were they they play like a young team, and so this season, I don't think if they add if they came back and ran it back with that same team this year, I don't think they're in the finals right now. I agree. I don't think they're there, especially if the, with the Clippers making their upgrades, and then with the the Nuggets being what they ended up becoming. Like it's just I just don't see an avenue for them to get into the the finals with that group. 
the deal is it's worth it's worth it 100 already. Lakers could be trash for the next five years. They got a ring out of the deal already. Yeah. It was worth it. They won the trade, and I don't want to say the Pelicans clearly didn't lose it because Ingram got there and he became an All Star. Yeah, but the Lakers won the trade. They what they wanted to accomplish in bringing Anthony Davis in, they accomplished it. Yeah. And while we're on the topic of Anthony Davis, what is this this season this run? His stature in the league changes completely now. Like he's a he's a champion. He was clearly a top seven eight guy at worst before the season started, and whatever questions you might have had got had to have been answered with this playoff run. Where does he Where does he stand now amongst the NBA's elite players? I mean, I I had him top five. I, so I, do too. I probably still have him in that top five. It's kind of tricky, like you know ranking guys and like seeing how they change after getting a ring now. Anthony Davis was the leading scorer of this team for, for the playoffs. For the playoffs. And the regular season he was the leading yeah. scorer. So like he led them in scoring every series other than the finals. Yeah. And you know, really he's only had two two games he didn't get thirty or twenty five, right? The last tonight he didn't have twenty. He didn't have twenty and then he didn't have game, twenty game four. Or game three, game three they lost. Right. So other than that, I'm at the at the top of the series. People were thinking first two games he was he, he was going to win Finals MVP. So like, I do give him his credit there, but it's kind of hard. Like, I have AD currently like in that tier of like Harden and all of them in that top five. Is Harden top five right now? But I don't think Harden is top five to the sense of like he doesn't have the ring. But if he was playing with LeBron. They would, they would, he'd probably have one. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of hard to move people based off of range. I damn near have to put AD above Harden right now. I, I do, too, because, you know, he showed up in the playoffs. Yeah, it's a dominant playoff run from Anthony Davis. I got to give him his, his props for it. Like, know? I think that they're, I think that LeBron, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, I think that group has – established themselves. No, I agree. As a, a cut above the rest. I think I would have Giannis, Harden, Jokic, Embiid, Jimmy Butler at this point with um Lillard. Damian Lillard. That would be that next tier yeah. of guys for me. Like the second tier of star level. Jason Tatum would probably be in there as well. Um but yeah I think Anthony Davis has firmly established himself as one of the truly dominant players in the league. And he he's he's built at twenty seven years old. He has one of the greatest basketball resumes of all time already. Yeah. He has a national championship in college, national player of the year in college, Olympic gold medal, a FIBA basketball gold medal, and now an NBA championship. Like his resume is crazy for a twenty seven year old. Yeah, seven-time All-Star. Seven-time All-Star. Made first-team All-NBA this year, so he's like four-time All-NBA. Four-time All-NBA. Should be Defensive Player of the Year, but I digress. Now, if for AD, you start looking at now that he has a ring and he's at 27 and this is who he is, you start wondering where where can he end up all-time ranked, like, as yeah. an all-time great. Is it possible for him to become one of the five greatest power fours of all time. That's a hard five to crack. It is, but having but, a ring. Yeah, no, it definitely helps. Cause I mean, I mean, there are guys, you know, top five all time. You, you think of Duncan, you know, you Call think of Garnett. 
obviously Carl Malone, Dirk. Barkley, Dirk. Like that's that's five guys right there. That might be the hardest position, like in the center the position. Five. Those those two positions yeah. probably are the hardest ones to crack top five all the time. Yeah, that's a tough five. But like, what is his career averages? What are AD's career regular season averages? Twenty four and ten. Like that's insane. Twenty four points, ten rebounds, and yeah. what about two and a half blocks? Yeah. Now he he needs individual accolades, of course, at this point, like or multiple rings. If he's not going to win an MVP award, which I think he will have a chance to, as long as he's on the Lakers and they continue to win, he will have a chance to win MVP awards. And I think he does eventually get a Defensive Player of the Year. I think they will reward him rightfully. I hope so with the award. They never gave Tim Duncan one, he which is insane. A bunch of years. That is insane to me, especially because I don't think I believe in his entire career, every year that he played. For the Spurs, I saw this stat. They were top ten in defense every year. Yeah, and and, and he would be top three or four in blocks yeah. every year, top five in rebounds, yeah. like one of the best rim protectors ever. Yeah. And Tim Duncan never got his shake. You no. know, yeah, years where he averaged three blocks per game. His closeout game against the Nets is one of the most dominant finals performances of this millennium. Yeah. In game, I believe game six against the New Jersey Nets, nearly in a quadruple double. Yeah, bro, like. Tim Duncan never winning the Defensive Player of the Year award is is incredible to me. I think that Duncan, I just don't think that that's attainable for for Anthony Davis. Barring this this half of his career becoming something like incredible, like he would need to win five chips. But even then, Duncan but never I mean, missed bro, the playoffs. Duncan, Fifty wins every a year. Fifteen time All Defense. Yeah, it's just it's just and hard. never made never got a defense play there. Fifteen time All Extremely defense. Extremely durable. Really, LeBron, after LeBron, Tim Duncan, the most durable 1A, 1AB, never ever had a significant injury. No. And so I think Duncan is, I, I don't, I don't think AD can catch Duncan. I think where he, his, his, if chance, he gets an MVP, can he catch Kevin Garnett? I do. I think that if he gets an MVP award and he gets, if he gets an MVP award, he can catch KG. He definitely can. Because he's going to continue to rack up all star games as long as he's healthy. He'll continue to make, they both will have a ring. All NBA teams. He's won a ring. His playoff run was more dominant than KG's when they both won rings. I mean, Anthony Davis, he's bulletproof every year in the playoffs, yeah. really. He's got the second highest it. scoring average in playoff history. After Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think he has the highest PR, second highest PR in playoff history. PR King. Yeah, so him and Giannis. Him and Giannis. And so he's going to continue to be dominant. Another ring or an MVP award probably that's when you start being able to say, all right, he has a chance to to really crack that top five power forward all time conversation, because he'll at least Barkley, I, Barkley's and, and Malone are both in my top five power forwards all time. Neither one of them won a championship. They both have MVP awards. Malone has two MVP awards. Yeah. And Malone, he's one of the, he's what third all time in scoring, fourth all time, fourth all time. Carl Malone. Yeah. Yeah. Kobe and LeBron have both passed him. So he's, I believe. No, no, no. Malone is second. Malone is second. Yeah. Oh, LeBron is third. Yeah, Malone I'll, is I'll, second. So my mistake. Carl Malone is second all time in scoring. Yeah. So that's that. He has that in his cap on top of being a two time MVP. But I think if AD were able to get an MVP award and another ring, at least one. AD gets another ring and I another think you can MVP you award. can leapfrog him over Dirk and K. I think you put over Dirk Cor- and KG. Yeah, KG, obviously Barkley and Kareem. Like Not I think Korean, you mean Malone. Malone, I'm sorry. Yeah. I 
I think Dunk, like you said, Duncan is the one that's literally. It's just hard. it's too like, far out of reach. It, it's he 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 started winning too late in his career. It's Anthony Davis. Yeah. He's he's like maybe maybe if if he were to win multiple MVPs, like if he got two, and Duncan then, got two MVP awards. Yeah, but I you, you're right. Maybe that it's it's just such a crazy it's, amount. It's a crazy Fifteen time All Defense. If he won two rings and maybe two more two MVPs and two rings, I can maybe. Begin the conversation for who, for for Anthony Davis and Duncan. Yeah, maybe that's crazy. Now, I'm for not gonna say crazy three, in a bad way, but if like, you if he got two Finals MVPs, how many Finals MVPs Tim Duncan got? Two, three, three. The first three rings he got, he won Finals MVP, and then Kawhi and Tony Parker yeah, got the last, won the last two. two. Man, Tim Duncan's resume is insane, bro. Like we're sitting here talking about it, and like we're reading off the accolades, and it's just wild to hear this stuff out loud. No, nah, no, nah, Duncan. Definitely, definitely with a hooper. Great I think I think that another ring and a an MVP award or a defensive player of year award, both. AD wins another ring and a defensive player of the year award. I think that it starts to get hard to like keep him out of that top five. Yeah, especially because the eye test. Like when you watch him play, there's nothing on the court that he cannot do on either end of the floor. He can guard guards. He can guard wings. He can guard bigs effectively. He can score around the rim at a crazy high level. He can score in the mid-range. He can score from three. Elite free throw shooter for a big. You know what I'm really, you know, while we're talking about what the Lakers will be looking like next year, I'm really curious to how the Lakers will come out next year with that swagger. If we already have one and we have no pressure, it really reminds me of Miami in 2013. Yeah. After they came back in 2012 and they won, and they came back the next year and they ran off that large winning streak, winning streak and like 66 wins. They were already proven. Like I feel like we're gonna get the best of Anthony Davis. Next I agree. Year. I think that like, we see some a level from him that we haven't seen before. Like I think the battle for MVP. You know, obviously, Luca will be he's one up favorite. in that. Steph Curry will be coming back. If KD's healthy, if Ke- he'll yeah. Be. If, if Kevin Durant, if, if they can crack a top three seed out east, and I regardless of if that. LeBron is going to win or not, he's going to be, in, be the in the conversation. Anthony Davis, obviously, and who knows? They may give it to Giannis for a third year in the row if he if he comes through. That would be insane. And averages he needs average thirty five. He needs average thirty five and fourteen for me to even. They, they win 70 games. That ain't going to be enough. You If he wins 70 games and he averaged 30-plus 30, 30 points, a double-double again, and he's elite. Like, I, I would I would understand how you give him MVP. I would understand it. But my thing with the Bucks is I've moved past taking their regular season seriously. Yeah. And I know that might sound selfish or, or unfair, but they've had the best record in the league two years in a row, and they haven't made the finals. They lost a round earlier. And it's not like Giannis has been dominant in those playoff runs and they've lost. Like, he has, his game has dropped off a cliff in the playoffs both years in a row. Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the way that they play as a team schematically. I think that a lot of it has to do with the, the supporting cast around him. But at the same time, you, you, can't, you can't go from best player in the world levels in a regular season to he doesn't even look like a top five guy in the series that they've been eliminated in both of the last two years. So it's rough, but I agree with you about Anthony Davis. I think next year we, it's like LeBron when LeBron won that first one and he came back. No pressure. You know, it's crazy if this world were like 
if it wasn't a pandemic, everything was going was like how it was supposed to, and this would have happened in June, it would have been following damn near the exact script as LeBron's. AD could have went into the Olympics this past summer, like LeBron did in 2012. They could have he could have won a, a gold medal in the Olympics with Team USA. Yeah, and then like, he would have been walking into this coming season, gold medalist and NBA champion, and it would have just been. Like I, 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 I fully realize everything that I can do on the court. There's nothing that you can do to stop me from being yeah. dominant, and I think that that we're gonna see that from Anthony Davis next year. I think that his best ball is ahead of him still. I agree with you. I think that we see we're gonna see something special from him going forward. Man, you know it's funny you mentioned the Olympics because it really makes me think. Then they get postponed until next year. Yeah, next year. Yeah. So like they're gonna happen in the summer regardless. So yeah. the NBA. If you're going to do this whole, we're, we're going to start in February or we're going to start in March or we're going to start in you know December, you need to have a shortened year to get back on schedule yeah. if you want NBA players playing in, in the, the Olympics. Olympics. We need to be ending in June so we can be back on schedule. Because the Olympics are in July. Yeah. So that's going to be really, really interesting to see how they handle that. So would you do a four-month regular season from January to April? If best case scenario, man, you you, you kind of have to January to April, and then you play the playoffs from April through June. At some point, the NBA we're gonna have to get back on schedule. Period for the NBA calendar to even get back on schedule. Forget the Olympics, we're gonna have to get back on schedule eventually for the that's, NBA to eventually and, and, start back in yeah. October again. Yeah, and, and that's kind of why I think starting in January makes the most sense. Yeah, I, I think. Let me look at the calendar really quick. So like. If you go to the first week of January, we have New Year's Day on a Friday. You can start the season on that day. Or you can yeah. start December 31st. Yeah, New Year's Eve. I don't know. I mean, in any time this week, this first week of January, I think that would be a perfect time. I don't really know what you would do as far as like having an All-Star game. Yeah, that's where things get tricky. Do you like, just move All-Star Week into March? Right before the the season ends. Season ends in, in April. In April, move All Star Weekend to March. Maybe it's like second week of March. That'll give you. Let's say they play. Do you have a break still? You have All Star break still. Let's say let's say they Man, play. Do, these dudes need a break after twenty games. All Star Weekend is what All Star break is what like a, a week max. Yeah. You just take that weekend off. You go from you go Friday, Saturday, Sunday All Star Weekend. You come back to playing on Tuesday. I don't know. We're trying to fit as many games as we can in, in four months. So, yeah, sacrificing Taking four days. Taking a week off. But it's like you're, you're probably going to have to have I don't know. Start. I mean, the variables of are they going to be doing all this travel? Like, they're obviously not going to go back to the bubble. They want to make money. No, it's not possible. They're not going to They're not With gonna all 30 again. teams, I just don't think you can have a bowl. Oh, for sure not. And for a regular season, and it's not financially no. smart either. You need, you need. I know they eventually want to work to having fans at even minimal capacity back yeah. in you know. You want them back arenas. in the crowd. I mean, arenas, yeah. But I don't know. Like like I said, they have a lot of variable. They have to think about you know how many games they want to do. I for one, do, I think you know if they can get God if January to. April, if you can get forty-five games in, if you can get a, a solid, if you can get fifty games in from January to April, you win. Yeah, that's a success. 
I just don't want all these guys just playing back to back. That's the hard. That's the hardest part about trying to do trying this. Trying to fit all this shit in. I mean, because usually by All Star break in February, you have played from basically the first week of November through February, you will have played around forty-ish games. Mm-hmm. So that usually leaves from February through April about forty. 35 to 40 games that you have to play. Yeah. So it's like... And then, I mean, just starting training camp, would you do that? Yeah, when is training December? camp? December? Or... Yeah, training camp will probably have to start in December, like first week of December. So like That's if you want to have a preseason. Months. Yeah, I mean, can you have a preseason? We saw the NFL can that. Just like, why Why even waste that contact? Yeah, you could just play those, start playing them regularly. Because, I mean, are they, are they going to be testing daily? Like, everything is just, you know, the virus just kind of throws everything off and how they're going to go about handling it. But yeah. It's interesting. It, it gets tricky. We launched this podcast right before the bubble began, and we talked about what we thought about going into the year. I have to say, this entire year, I'm – I'm glad the NBA, we're going to get a break for, you know, a little bit before it starts back up. I'm glad they didn't initially talk about, because, you know, they were initially talking about coming back for Christmas Day. Yeah. Or like earlier in December. And I'm thinking, like, I think we need a break, especially after all of the bubble and everything going on. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, let me just focus on NFL for a minute. Yeah, like, let me just take a mental break from the NBA for a minute. And I love the NBA. It's been a full calendar year. Yeah, it's just it's just been exhausting. Like I like I love this. I mean, but even when we had the huge gap in between, my mind didn't leave the Lakers possibly coming back to finish. And it was still in the news cycle every day. Yeah, where they go? Oh, they're talking about having a bubble. They're talking about going to Disney World. Oh, Kyrie the disruptor. Oh, oh. it's just been nonstop. It's just been nonstop. And the NBA has turned into a. A twelve-month-a-year league at this point, like yeah, I mean, free, free agency, agency, the draft, it all dominates. You get bigger story there than you do during the regular season. Yeah, so it's a it's a it's a twelve-month league at this point, anyway. Um, but I I am happy. I will be happy that there is a little bit of a break between the now and the next time we get NBA ball. Make let me miss it. That's always the best part about NBA Bro, coming back. I remember the day the bubble opened up and we had Lakers Clippers, yeah. and I was like, man, we was really deep. got we NBA basketball back. You happy about it? And that was a full offseason pretty much from March until August. Yeah. Like, you got to think, bro. Like, when you miss something, it, it, it holds that much more importance when you get it back. Definitely. And so, let me miss the NBA for a minute. January will be the perfect launch point. That'll be about three months, two and a half months for me to really. Like, get that itch. Like, damn, I haven't watched LeBron and AD throw a lob in three months. I need that again. Or I haven't seen... We haven't even seen KD play in 18 months. I haven't seen KD shoot a pull-up three-pointer in two years, damn near. I I need to see that. Like... Bro, I think Brooklyn will make a splash this summer. I know you talked about Bradley Bill or Paul George coming. Yeah. But I, I really... I think, you know, Brooklyn, they have as, as good of a shot as anybody. When you have, obviously, two players like Katie and Kyrie, the, the East is going to be very interesting. Their offensive year. ceiling is going to be really high, but if they don't improve defense, if they don't get anybody who really want to play defense on their team, I don't know. Yeah, and that's why I think they're going to make a move. I think they're going to make a move, they, too. I think they definitely make a move. I don't know if Brooklyn, the way the roster is constructed right now, I don't know if I would pick them to win the East. I think they can because they have two players obviously 
But I, I, I'm really happy to see Brooklyn. That, that that's pretty much how it is. You'll be excited to see them. Next yeah, year. you know, uh, I will be too. Kate, that that Brooklyn Lakers game is definitely gonna be one to watch. I can't wait for that. I wonder. I can, I don't know when they'll play next season, but I'm definitely gonna have my eyes on that. I'll be excited to see the Warriors at full strength with Clay and stuff. Yeah, I think they're gonna make a move, man. I the mean, Warriors or the, the, I, I, well, the, the Warriors. Yeah, but that. I don't know if they're gonna use that number two pick to to take somebody. Oh, they, they they locked in. I ain't nobody taking. Who wants the Wiggins contract? Maybe it's somebody not expiring. wants a Draymond contract. That's not expiring. Who wants a Draymond contract? If I attach a number two pick to it, I That's can't attach enough. anybody to take it. Bro, the number two pick. My thing is, somebody what? may fall in love with a prospect enough to take. It, it'd be yeah. different. It would be different. I would see your vision. If Draymond wasn't a train wreck this past season, bro. Yeah. Like, he was bad this year. Definitely. And you going to foot the bill for 100 mil. Well, 75 the next three years. You, 75. You can move off the contract eventually. But why even take it? Could you really want that number two pick? Could you find somebody you somebody really, really, really got to? Somebody I really love, LaMelo If, if you're not trying to win... You like I'll take that Draymond so deal this. anyway. You take I want the Draymond deal, and you take that prospect. That prospect become a bust, and you stuck with the Draymond. Deal. You're get you're fired, and you're probably yeah. done as a general manager. You, you are right. You are right. I'm not risking my career on that. On that, I'm you sorry. G- GMs take risk and get fired, and GM that don't take risk, they get, get fired, fired as well. They, that's, so you, I would much right. rather if. And, and I'm, I'm not probably, putting my neck on. A I'm a little bit more risk averse than a lot of these GMs, <laughs> and that's probably why. The Warriors thing made me mad because I felt like teams could have been making like Houston, Daryl Morey. I will commend him. For the Chris he Paul was team. trying to win. Yeah, he's trying to win when the Warriors were out there, you know, yeah, looking unbeatable. He tried to get, he tried to he tried to he tried to get better every he year. Like, no, we're gonna try to win, and and I feel like they came within a game of it, and that's the way I would you know definitely be making moves out here. I agree, but and I I honestly think Draymond's gonna have a big bounce back year for the Warriors next year. I don't think he's getting traded. I think that. With Clay stuff back, and I just think, I think guys he'll need to. Be, he'll look better next year, and not obviously. even just better next time. I think guys need to get knocked down, and get back to get back up. Sometimes well, I, I think, mean he's been in the lab. I mean I've seen it on Instagram him working yeah, out with, with Jerome, Jerome Randall. And but it's like like we were just talking about LeBron. LeBron missing the playoffs. You sometimes you need to fall. Yeah. To get that that motivation. You to, got too comfortable, bro. Yeah. So it it's not like LeBron got comfortable, but it's like. You just need people counting you out. People are counting Draymond Green out right now. Us even having the conversation about him potentially even being traded is yeah. him getting counted out. There's a guy who's won three championships with that franchise. He's played in five finals. And he just signed this deal last summer. And we're talking about, is there a chance of him getting traded? You know he hears this stuff. So yeah. I think that he'll be back next year. I think he'll be back with the Warriors. And I think he'll play, I think he'll play at a, a, a high level for them as well. I just like I said, we just need a break from the league. But when it comes back, inevitably we will be more than excited for the games to start back. We will be extremely happy. Oh, a title defense, exactly It'll a title defense. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's that time. But salute to the Lakers at the end of the day to conclude this episode. Just salute to the Lakers for pulling it off. A full year. It was a year, a year's worth of work, but they made it happen. They won a championship. Congratulations to Rob Linka. Jeannie Buss to LeBron, Frank Vogel, Anthony Davis, and the entire organization for winning the 2020 NBA championship. That will conclude 
this week's episode of Play for Keeps. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Play for Keeps Pod. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RNC Radio Live, and make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Elite Media Group underscore. Until next time, we are out. Thank you.